It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ronnie Bolton. Ronnie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you. Um, so originally from the South Side, but also uh, a Hoosier too, right? I am. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the South Side of Chicago for about till I was about 10 or 11, um, and then moved to LaPorte, Indiana, where I grew up and went to high school, and then I came back really fast yeah. <laughs> to go to college. So, so yeah. mostly high school in Indiana? Yes. All of high school in Indiana. Yeah. And, and quite the educated woman too. Yeah. So yeah. I always um, call myself the R with an MBA. Um, I originally started out going to school for journalism. Then I went and got my master's in business and then went back to school later in life for nursing. So, wow. Yeah. So you went to Columbia for journalism? I did. How was that? Interesting. So Columbia is a very artsy school. Um, (laughs) So I dealt with a lot of artists and just trying to kind of like finding my rhythm of that. But Columbia sets you up to be competitive. So oh, really? It really does. You're I don't competing. think I've heard that from them. Yeah, you're competing a lot in at least old Columbia. I'm not sure how it is now. Sure, sure. Um, but when I was there, it was about, you know, really competing and making sure that you stood out to like your professors because your professors were actually working in the industry. So right, they weren't right. just like regular teachers, like the, they did what they're teaching you. Sure. So, um, you really had to stand, stand out. So yeah. That's amazing. And then how long did, I mean, how long were you in that for? Cause I know you've changed professions. I quite have. A few. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, like very um, drastic too. So my journalism major was along with marketing. So okay. that's how I, I came out of college and I went into marketing and insurance and the beauty industry. Um, and then from there, I kind of switched to like a service side. So I became an entrepreneur in beauty um, and then now medical aesthetics. So still having the beauty aspects, but that medical side as well. What gave you the desire to want to even do that? Well, I was doing the marketing and business development side for medical aesthetics. And I just was like looking at the nurse injectors and the doctors. And I'm like, man, I just like really, really want to do this. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, you know, you'd have to go back to school. And I'm like, yeah. And I discussed it with my husband and he's like, do whatever you want to do. Like if that's what is going to make you happy, just go for it. And so I went for it and now I am the happiest I've ever been. Sounds like a very supportive husband. Very, very, very. Yes. You need that in your corner though. When when you want to become, I mean anything, right? But especially an entrepreneur. Definitely need a support system, no matter what that looks like, whether it's a husband or a friend or a church, whatever that is. And what that looked like for you growing up? I mean, as far as family, as far as, you know. I have, I had amazing parents. So um, my mom and my dad always supported whatever dream that I ever wanted to do. I did a lot of theater and in high school and they okay. were at everything that I ever <laughs> did. I bounced around so you're different not shy. sports. No, not at all. No. <laughs> no. Um, bounced around doing a lot of different sports, but really supportive parents. I have an entrepreneurial dad who oh, wow. owns a trucking company and has always supported like being your own boss and all those things, but really just anything you wanted to do. He always had our backs. So. so are they from Chicago originally? Yeah. Or? Um, they are. So okay. they're from Chicago. We actually moved from um, the South side to Indiana, there was a lot of like gang activity going on mm. where we lived. Parents wanted a better, you know, upbringing for us and a better surrounding. So they moved us out to Indiana. Um, and yeah, just completely, complete night and day. Like I went from a really diverse community to a really like, I'm the only, 
African-American. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. In my graduating class, there was like two of us. So, yeah. So I've had quite culture like changes as far as like first being in like a predominantly black area, then going to a predominantly white area. And then in college, it being just extremely diverse and just kind of trying to figure out like what that looks like and like where I fit in. And the bottom line, what it boils down to is just be more you because yeah. it really doesn't matter. <laughs> what was but, it like for you when you went from that predominantly black environment to predominantly white? It was a little difficult adjusting to that at first. Um, when you're at a young age, like 10, 11, you're more like flexible. Like you can kind of jump in in any environment and sure. be amazing, right? But um, I would have things said to me like, are you related to like Michael Jackson? Are you related to Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, um, no, like, so, you know, kids just, just being kids, though. kids just being kids, you know, they don't know any better. And sure. then I'm not, I'm a kid too. So I'm not offended by it. I'm just not related to them. And so it was just really kind of like that culture shock of like, I need to figure out my identity in a world sure. that doesn't look like me. So. And what would your parents tell you in those times? Um, I feel like they were just always like, just be you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I don't feel like they really knew how to tell me how to deal with that situation. Um, but I feel not like, like they, they had been in it before. No, either. I feel like it was just a matter of making sure that I was raised strong and confident. Um, and that's how they handled that. And that's probably was the best way to handle it. To be honest. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Now that makes sense. I mean, yeah. that's good advice for anyone for you know, sure. no matter what. And so how has that shaped you into who you are today in terms of I mean, just absolutely. your identity. Yeah, absolutely. So I am extremely confident in who I am. Um, I talk the way I want to talk. I move the way I want to move. I listen to the music I want to listen to. Um, I like being the type of person who listens to motivational podcasts, but I listen to trap music too. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just me. And um, being an aesthetic nurse or cosmetic nurse, um, this industry isn't, we don't see a whole lot of us, right? Yeah. So a lot of my patients don't look like me. Um, so I've had to become really, really confident of a woman to know that, like, I know my stuff, I know my industry, I know my business, and I'm talented and gifted at what I do, and that's all that matters. And so I feel like that translates over to the environment that I'm in, and it's always okay. So oh, Was that yeah. something that you had to learn because you were pushed into that or because you, you sort of just embraced it at a young age? And I, you think, thought I think I didn't really have... Um, I don't necessarily want to say I was pushed into it. Even when I was in at my insurance companies working in marketing and business development, I was kind of like usually always the the only black person in the department. Like I've, I've always kind of felt like I've been put into those positions. And so it's just kind of like maybe that's what like prepares you in life. Like you don't know why you're going through what you're going through or for why sure. you're always in certain positions, but it yeah. prepares you for where you're going to be at later. So, yeah. And what were some of those difficulties you think you went through that would help you? Because, I mean, I think that's the other thing, too, is yeah. as we try to do this, obviously, with the Face Chicago businesses, mm -hmm. to give people that sense of, like, you know, what did you go through? How yeah. can I kind of overcome this? Exactly. So, so someone's going through something similar. Yeah. if you, I mean, if you're feeling like you're alone, um, you don't have anybody who looks like you, it's not really feeling like you're attached to anything. I have in every industry, I feel like I've always found one person, whether they lived in Chicago or not, that I could kind of not necessarily mimic, but I could look at as aspiration. Yeah. Um, and even in the industry that I'm in now, there's so many amazing black women injectors, but 
they're not next door to me, right? So mm. I have the opportunity. I've created like groups on Instagram where we all connect and talk about different things that we're going through or just different um, injections and practices and best practices. So I feel like creating a community that isn't necessarily in your backyard sometimes to be able to adjust while you're in your backyard for sure. helps for sure. Now, you talked to me a little bit before mm-hmm. about um, your entrepreneurial struggles, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just like you started something and you were like, man, found no, instant success, right? No, flops. Yeah, flops. Um, so I was working in beauty and business development and, you know, and that, I... And that, was your, that wasn't your first job, though, out of... No, yeah, yeah, so. no. My first job out of college was a marketing associate for State Farm Insurance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went completely yeah. the other way. Um, but I was working for um, a beauty company in Chicago, um, director of marketing and business development at this point. So my career had kind of really like progressed and taken off. And I was under a lot of stress. I was stressed every day. I wasn't being like myself. I just I wasn't happy, if that's how you want to put course, it. So yeah. I was like, I need to find something that's going to make me happy. And I've, I felt like I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, um, but I just didn't really know exactly what that looked like I knew that I love beauty I love hair I love makeup so I you know got into owning my own salon um I started selling hair at my table though like (laughs) at the kitchen table selling hair online like that's how I kind of got into it so um and beauty products so I was like okay I can do this, right? So I opened up this huge salon in River North, and I'm wow, like, "Wow!" So you went for it. I went for it all the way. Yeah, yeah I went for it can't all the be way. Cheap. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not cheap, and I did not spare any expense. By the way, like I went in head first, spend it all, get the best stations. Make money. Yeah, spend I'm gonna money, make, make money. it back, yeah, yeah. whatever. Boo! Not really how that works, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, sometimes you get in over your head, and we have a, a saying. Um, we call it like "Don't pink sugar it." That was the name of my salon, uh-huh. um, but it means just going in. <laughs> we say it another word, but <laughs> don't go in just over your head. Like, sure. start small, build, grow, let the business pay for the business. Sure. And I didn't do that my first time, mm-hmm. right? So I went in head first, and I fell. And that's normal. It's a normal part of entrepreneurship. Like people always see the success stories, but they don't see those failures. But you didn't see it that way at the time. <sighs> no, like I didn't even like I didn't plan for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like changing a whole lifestyle, living differently. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. So, yeah, having that fall, though, um, really prepares you for like what you're going to encounter as you're on this journey of entrepreneurship. So I felt pretty hard. I went into like a, a deep depression. We were talking before just about having those expectations of yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you have a title or you tell yourself that you are a certain person and you give yourself a certain title, I'm a salon owner, I'm a business babe, I'm this, I'm that, but then it doesn't work. It's kind of like an ego blow, like your pride is just lost. And so it took me into that dark space that was just like, how do I come out of this? And really, you just have to let go of those expectations and caring about what other people are thinking because Mm -hmm. no one's really even looking at you. No one cares what you're doing. So you just have to kind of understand that it's your journey. You decide what's next for you. Nobody else does. And then you just keep moving because there's nothing else to do but sit down and cry and die (laughs) right like so you just have to keep get up and 
go on to the next thing. So now in in that depression, that yeah. uh, getting out of that, what did that Absolutely. look like to you? Like in terms of building up, yeah. well, building yourself up back yeah. to who you are now. Exactly. So we talked about, um, excuse me. So we talked about having that support system and my husband was that for me. Um, and so I would, I just remember like going into the basement and just like sitting in the dark and my husband, oh, really? yeah. And so my husband would come home from work and he'd be like, you need to like get some sunlight that was like our main thing. Like, he's like, let's go for a walk. Like, you know, like let's go walk around our neighborhood. Let's get some sun. Let's get some exercise. And that changed everything for me. And so I, even today, just that one thing alone. Yes. Even when today, when people are like, I'm sad, I'm in my bed. I'm like, just go sit outside, like go get some sun. Because what happens is you get yourself out, your body out of a state of being, when you sleep or lay in a bed all day, you're telling your body either to go to sleep or die. Yeah, that's right? so true. No, you're absolutely go right. Go to sleep or die. So if you're up and you're moving, your body and your mind are separate. So if your mind, if your body's moving and it's excited, then your mind starts to work that same way. Right. And so that's just a really big practice that I have is that you just have to get up and you have to keep going. You have to keep moving mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. Now, you're also a self-proclaimed mental health advocate. Yes. So did it come from that place or was that something that... It did. It came from that place. It came from um, having opportunities to kind of like share my story. Um, my mother passed away too when I was... Um, in my 20s. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? And yeah. right before I graduated um, with my master's, my mom passed away. And so there were a lot of things that I hadn't dealt with that, you know, I had to go to therapy and kind of deal with. And so I'm like, you know, it's always this stigma of like, oh, therapy. Like, you don't need therapy. You just need to like get over it. Right? Yeah. And sometimes it's just really hard to get over. And you're not even really sure what you're getting over. You just know that you just don't feel good and you don't feel right. And you're Absolutely. doing things to like self-destruct. And so therapy is just something that I really kind of push and advocate for, for anyone who's going through anything who doesn't necessarily have a support system. And even if you do, sometimes it's not your support system's responsibility to take on what you're feeling. And so you need to talk to a professional and get that stuff out there and deal with it and learn how to cope and have those healing mechanisms. So, and so what does that look like for you now in terms of your business? How do you incorporate those two worlds? Absolutely. So, um, I live, I work in a world of aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is that, yeah, somebody may be coming in to get a liquid facelift or Botox or medical weight loss or whatever they're coming in for, but there's something there. For sure. There always is. And so I deal with a lot of manifestation of your inner self. I deal with a lot of women who are struggling with aging. They're scared to age. They don't want to age. They're scared of losing their husbands. They're scared of their husbands cheating on them. I deal with women who have went through severe depression, who have now gained a lot of weight. And so their mind and their body are just not in alignment. Yeah. yeah, So it's, it's really, you know, a matter of spreading wellness, both mentally and for physical change. I also deal with tattoo removal. So it's not like I just deal with your average every day. I need Botox every three Mm -hmm, or four mm -hmm. months. Like I deal with people who have like, past gang experiences Mm. or um one that really really shocked me was a man who had um the nazi signs like all over his body get out of here yeah and he was was that like for you? oh my god it's so funny right (laughs) so he walks in and he's like i don't so we're talking about tattoo removal and i'm telling him like you know 
process. And I'm like, I need to see your ink. Like he was I, there for that though. For that, for okay. a tattoo removal. Uh-huh. I'm like, I need to see your ink. And he's like really hesitant. And I'm like, it's because I'm a woman. Like I look at bodies all day. Like I'm a professional. And he's like, no. He's like, all right, I'm gonna show you. He's like, it's from. This is why I want it removed. Like I don't feel this way. I was younger. Blah blah blah. And so he showed me. I'm like, okay. So how old is the ink? Like I'm just yeah. yeah very I pragmatic. Mean, like- yeah, very. Um, but I. I just know that people are like, if they're coming to see me, it's something that they need changed. And it's usually has a deeper underlining meaning. And because I know that and I've dealt with a lot in my life, I'm able to just kind of have like that human connection mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. my patients as opposed to just being like, okay, we're only going to worry about your medical procedure because I know that it's deeper than that. And so, yeah, I carry on a lot of people's stuff sometimes. Yeah, a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of out. energy to be exchanged yeah. every day. So, yeah, I scream a lot. <laughs> like, Get it all is that out. how you get it out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you come from a very non-judgmental place, too. Oh, I do. Yeah. It's yeah. like a safe place for people no to be able to. no judgments on anything. Like, we've all been through stuff. We all go through things. Yeah. Is that something you had to go through in order to get to that place? Or you feel like you've well, always kind of been like that? I've always felt like I was being judged, right? Mm. So, like, when you're in a place of, like, growing up, no one looks like you. You're working in corporate America. No one looks like you. So you always feel like you're judged on like how you speak and how you carry yourself and um, background, anything. Right. So I definitely make it a point to practice not being that person, Mm. not assuming, making fast judgments, any of that, because you just never know someone's story. Wow. Yeah. So, so, I mean, people come to you for those things now, the Mm -hmm. mental health part of it, is that something separate? How how do you? It is separate. So I am a part of an organization called Coffee, Hip Hop and Mental Health. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just telling you, like, I love trap. But yeah, yeah, so Christopher Lamarck is actually the um, organizer of that. I do a lot of hosting for his events and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. You know, we sit around, we share best practices. We have a lot of therapists on panels who give their professional advice on different subjects um we have a really good turnout all the time when we do events so it's been it's been cool yeah. is it in a particular area or is it kind of all over um right now it has been mostly chicago but okay. i know that he's planning on expanding it outside oh, wow. of that for sure yeah. and, and and your um your practice is uh, in the south loop it is in south loop correct yeah south loop Plainfield, and then we're launching another location soon with the COVID kind yeah. of put a pot on things in Orland Park. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, and, and again, kind of the same mm-hmm. principles and everything. Yeah. Same thing. So, um, we focus on body and skin. So anything from body weight loss, wellness, um, as well as, um, cosmetic procedures. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of like, I guess the bigger picture, is that, is that what you'd want to be doing? Or I could just tell there's so much going on. Oh, there I know, that, yeah. right? Okay. So here's the plan. <laughs> So I do, I'm looking to grow my brand, PSRX Body and Skin, to something amazing and like global. Okay. Um, Just because, you know, like I have this idea, the branding, we have our own product line. Um, It's an amazing brand and it's super passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So looking to expand that globally as well as um, have an opportunity to give back. So I've actually been talking to um, some people who are involved more in the city about doing tattoo removal for ex-gang members as well as people who are in like juvenile detention centers. So giving back to our youth so that they don't grow up with stigmas that outside of race or culture or background, their physical appearance is number one. So if you approach somebody and you have a tattoo on your hands or your face or your neck, someone already has this preconceived notion of who you are. Absolutely. So right out the gate, it's like, 
It's our first instance to prejudge, no matter what. They're putting you to a basket. And so I've had so many instances of where I've had to turn away um, people just based on like finances Mm. that I really want to get to a place where it's like we're able to give back to our community in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm sure it'll make a huge difference. Exactly. And and like for those who are, I guess, I don't want to say afraid, but yeah. maybe skeptical of it or that it could completely remove something. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you say to that? Oh yeah, for sure. So I have been doing tattoo removal for three years. Um, and I pride myself on being able to do a complete removal with no damage to your skin. Oh wow. Yeah. So if you ever look at any of my before and afters, like, like it, it just didn't exist, it just didn't exist. No yeah, way. Absolutely. We use, um, Pico technology. So we okay. have a Pico way laser. Um, I can remove any color of ink off of any skin tone. Um, it's just a matter of really learning those diameters and those settings to know and fits to understand like what I'm supposed to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it took a while, right? Like I've hypoed some people back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, it took a while to get there, but I love it. Like I love tattoo removal. That's all. I mean, and I can see how, I mean, obviously if you're wearing something and and you don't want to associate with that anymore, it'd be difficult. So like, what, what would you say is the plan after that for someone who's done that, you know? Who's had tattoo removal? Yeah, like let's say you're, you know, you part yeah. of a gang or whatever. You yeah, had absolutely. Some. So, you know, I've had situations of people just not being able to work, like simple yeah. things like that. So, I had a young lady. She's from LA. She had tattoos on her face. Um, we were able to remove them. She was working, like she was working for Walmart, and they had her working in the freezer. Like she could not be seen, and it was just like so disheartening because yeah. here we have this beautiful girl with like so her whole life's ahead of yeah. her, so much potential, and she works for a place where she can't be looked at, right? So, um, you know, it took about a year and a half to get her tattoos off, but like now she's just she's going after the world. She went back to school. She's able to like do things where before she just wasn't confident, yeah, and able to do so. Yeah. So, how how would you I guess what would be mm-hmm. the best way to approach people wanting to help or or get involved? In, in that in terms of being able to provide those services to those Absolutely. who need it can't afford it exactly so I'm I'm still working on that myself gotcha. um, just trying to figure out if there's an organization or government assistance to kind of help with those people or bring them to me or what we need to do so if anybody has any advice on how to like get that program kind of rolling or what I can do to get it rolling. I would just love that feedback because it's something that I just really, really am passionate about getting well, I can tell you. Are. Yeah, yeah, I really want to help. So. Well, if you guys listening out yeah. there know, uh, please contact Ronnie directly. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> um, and who else should be contacting you? I mean, who else would you want to, you know, to hear from? Yeah, for sure. So anybody who's obviously, if you're in need of tattoo removal, if you have skin issues, um, I my Basic background is dermatology and aesthetics. So obviously any type of medical injectable, Botox, fillers. Um, We also do medical weight loss and B12 shots and lipotronic shots. Um, So anything concerning your body where it has to do with weight loss or body contouring and anything concerning your skin that has to do with like texture, um, acne, um, wrinkles, (laughs) (laughs) all that stuff. So yeah, we're um, a medical... Um, I like to call us like a medical spa and laser center. Sure. So, um, yeah, really any of those concerns. Well, I'm it seems girl. like you're really doing uh, yeah. a lot for people. Thank Not only you. their exteriors, but their interiors. Interiors, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, you said yeah. it's equally important. Yeah. You know, you wear who you are. Confidence. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much for, for being here and, and sharing your story. And Appreciate it. I'm excited to see what you do with, with this brand and, and continue thank to evolve you. as a person and help others. So anything we can do to help, we're always here. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ronnie.